This is the Ag Engineering Podcast that rolls right into the details on tools, tips, and techniques that improve you, your farm, and our world. I'm your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is sponsored by Northeast SARE. Thanks for listening. This episode comes to you from Westminster, West Vermont, where I visit with Howard Prusak of High Meadows Farm. He grows on six acres in the climate zone 5 and his gross sales are around $350,000. This is the last episode in this series with Howard Prusak. After walking around the farm and talking about all kinds of equipment, I mentioned how, you know, someday I'd really like to sit down and, like, talk about his experiences farming over his career. And, well, the conversation took a turn here, and we ended up just talking about that now. So, This one is a little bit more philosophical and a little bit more about uh, what he thinks would be valuable as a farmer in today's modern age. I asked him the question, what would you tell your 20-year-old self knowing what you know now? And he kind of weaved in and out of that question throughout the conversation. So I hope you enjoy this one. Let's jump right into it. Well, good. I mean, there are other things that people never ask me, and now I'm getting more philosophical in my overview, and I'm trying to think of, like, my legacy and, like, what the future is. Yeah, well, that's what's interesting or for me, I guess, as I work with a lot of young farmers, Mm -hmm. and um, you have a lot of expertise, so there's a lot to learn from somebody who's been in it for so many years. Yeah, yeah. So I I get this feeling that they're not looking at the long like the long. Some of them aren't looking at the long term view of what they're doing and like you know like why are you in business? Like what are you hoping to achieve? Like you know, you're trying to make a living. You're gonna have a family and all these things. And sometimes I think they're setting themselves up for really hardship. Like you know, they're, they're well, we're gonna. They've seen too many online YouTubes and too many people who've written books. And we want to do a sustainable, ecological, reforest, like this whole thing of what they think, what they want to do. And we're going to do it on a quarter of an acre and make a living. And my wife's going to bake bread and and make muffins and, you know, and, and, and just like it's a big, it's a, it's a big order, a lot. You know, um, a lot to do, and if if you don't have a lot of money to sustain, you know, sustainability. Like, what does that mean? You know, the, the it's like if your business isn't sustainable, then all those things that you say you want to do, and trust me, you're not saving the planet. You know, <laughs> it's it, everything. Like all those adjectives, it's all marketing, mm-hmm. and it all may be good. And I'm not saying it's bad, but you know, don't set yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. I, I've kind of picked up on that trend that a lot of the um, growers who have been at it for 10, 15, 20 years have really narrowed down their focus and selected a few crops and gotten gotten good at that, and they're not trying to do everything so much. And Doing everything is impossible. You can't do everything well. And we've, that's why we focus on, you know, we're not doing microgreens. We're not doing a lot of things. I don't do beans. I don't do peas, you know. We do basic. We do, even though sometimes they're really just commodities, but if you could do them well and, and efficiently, you can make money at it. P 
People do buy potatoes. People like Vern once told me, he says, you grow squash and no one sees things to think that there's money in squash, you know, growing mm. winter squash. And I said, well, there's, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of money in winter squash. Well, there's not a money in, not a lot of money in a few winter squash. But if you grow a lot of winter squash, there's a lot of money. So it's volume, yep. you know. So if you, you know, you grow 20 tons of winter squash, there's good dollars there. And if you could do it efficiently, um, it's, it's a crop that there's not a lot of hand, you know, once you plant, there's not a lot of hand maintenance in it. Right, right. You know. Because labor, labor is the killer now. It's the absolute killer. And so you need to set up, your system has to be set up uh, so, you know, minimal labor. <clears throat> labor is definitely a big lever now. Was labor as big of a concern back in the 80s? No. No, wages were, were cheap. Mm. Cheaper. And even though produce was cheaper, I mean, I've saved my my invoices from the 70s even. <laughs> I used to sell organic Green Mountain potatoes for 10 cents a pound, you know. Yeah. It's like crazy price. $7.50 for a 50-pound bag of, <laughs> of potatoes, you know, delivered to New York City. And what's the, <laughs> what's the rate now for a bag of potatoes? I get $60 for a 40-pound bag. <laughs> so, yeah, it, Things are different, and you know wages are up considerably. But yeah. and everything's up. Everything's up. Yeah. But you know, you one of the biggest problems in produce. People still remember what they paid for, you know, sweet corn ten years ago, and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, nobody remembers what they paid for gas, but somehow they remember how much potatoes should be. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> so we ignore it. We raise our price, and we find we find our market. <laughs> you know, don't pay my price. That's fine. You know. It's sort of a self-curating system. Mm -hmm. People who won't pay the price, they're, they're gone. People who are left will pay. And, you know, they believe in what we're doing. Right, so, right. It's not everything for everybody. Um, I apologize for the audio on the remainder of this episode for I somehow didn't save or lost the file from Howard's mic. Um, I did happen to hit record on the camera, but I was holding it, and so it doesn't have the greatest audio. But hang in there because the conversation's really good. So there's information you could glean from anybody, but it doesn't, nothing, it's not an easy lifestyle to get into, that's for sure. Right, right. But I'm glad I did. I, I've traveled the world being a farmer. Who would have thought that? <laughs> I mean, I could have been in any career and I wouldn't have been to the countries that I've been to, but I did because of what I've done. I've done so how, do, how do opportunities like that come up? How do you network with those types of people? I don't know, it's all erratic, <laughs> but like, you know, it just, you know, I've gone to Cuba twice, Burma. One thing leads to another. It's really bizarre. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I ran into this guy from Bangladesh when I was in Nepal, and a few years later he calls me up and I want you to come to Bangladesh and you know, blah, blah, blah. And we were about to go, but I, we, I got scared because somebody had their head cut off. Oh. And it's like, <laughs> not this time, <laughs> you know. Thanks, but yeah. maybe, maybe later. So I, he was very 
disappointed because we had our visas. We were ready to oh, go. Oh, wow. I was bringing my wife. I was bringing somebody who worked for me. Yeah. And then I'm going to bring you to, you know, on a trip. So, but yeah, it all just felt things, one thing's lead to another. In case you don't know Howard, I thought now would be a good time to ask a few introductory questions so you can get to know who he is and his business just a little bit more. Hi, <laughs> Howard Prusak. Right now we are sitting in the Central Office Command Center at High Meadows Farm in the heart of Westminster, West Vermont, which is southern Vermont. And I bought this farm in 1979, and I've lived in Westminster West since 1971, and that's when I started working on a farm in 1971. So I've been involved in farming in this village for 50 years now. It's my 50th anniversary. Ta-da! Happy birthday! <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> and uh, we were certified organic in 1976 by Grace Gashoni. I think we, we were the first certified organic farm in Vermont. That's, uh, that's a fun statistic to hold. <laughs> well, that's not going to change. Nope. <laughs> that's the cool thing you about earned it. that title. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, that's not going away no matter what. Yep. Um, how many acres are you growing on? Uh, right now we, we have about six acres in production and about six acres in uh, rotation of green manure crops and the rest is in uh, hay. And uh, we've got 25,000 square feet of greenhouse space. And um, so a lot, a lot of the business is horticultural and then vegetable. And your markets are a lot of, a lot of wholesale and some farmer's market, right? 90, 90% of our business is wholesale. And because of where we are, the geographic location of the farm, we're on the corner of like three other states. So we're, we deliver to four states uh, from here um, with our own trucks uh, every spring uh, through the uh, plant season. Uh, we're in uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And what's your climate zone? It's a five. If you don't mind sharing, what's a rough sales range? Well, it, it's, it was pretty steady at north of 500,000. Um, we peaked at about 550,000 three years ago, um, but we've been slowly, on purposely, um, cutting back some some parts of the business. Uh, we had a contract with Whole Foods that we've had for like 20 years, and we uh, walked away from that. So that was a $70,000 contract uh, every spring. What was interesting is that our business, other business picked up that volume. <laughs> it's like, you know, every time we try to simplify and, and shrink things, like the other accounts organically increase their sales, and we get rid of like, we'll get rid of the last two years, 50 different items, and but the other, the sales and the remaining items go up. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's all category management. And, and I, I told somebody like, less is more. Yeah, and and it works that way, um, but we we have shrunk the business um, down to like three hundred and fifty thousand for this year. But even 
three hundred thousand. Like that sounds like a pretty good number for six acres. Yeah, but it's the greenhouses. This is bedding plants. Yeah, yeah. it's greenhouses uh, represent like seventy percent of our of our business mm -hmm. and probably seventy percent of the profit margin. Right, because your other main crops are squash. Like you said, those aren't the right. The, they're not, they're not, not the, the, the golden fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's okay. We we, we do what we do. Margin wise, it does the best of our vegetables. But none of our vegetables could compete margin wise with our bedding plant business. Yeah. So, but we like growing vegetables. We like being outside during the summer, um, and it keeps everybody keeps us working and in vegetables. So it keeps us at the farmer's market and stuff. So we like that part of the business. What advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? Or a 20-year-old getting, getting in, started now, put, you know? Put your money in Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> and pay attention. When Amazon becomes a thing, buy all the stock you can. <laughs> uh, if I could tell my 20-year-old self that. Um, well, I, I wound up buying a farm up in the hills as opposed to buying it along the river. And it's a double-edged sword. I mean, my life has been good up here. It's a little harder to farm in the rocks and the hills, but on the other hand, we had much less disease and insects that friends of mine have down along the river. And so it, it's hard to know. I mean, it's beautiful up here. I, I like it. And I probably, you know, but there's no place in Vermont that's not beautiful. That's true. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I guess I would have learned better bookkeeping skills. Uh, my younger self should have paid more attention to basic skills. I should have learned how to weld. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the trades. The trades are great to learn. Um, and uh, other than that, I, you know, I always did pay myself first. I made sure I saved money, and I learned that from my father, who said, "Put aside your own money every day, every week, or whatever, and uh, and save it for some day when you're not working. You're gonna be happy you did." So. So, what's the next ten years look like for you? Um. We're ratcheting it down a little more. Um, I'm going to continue the vegetables, um, but I'm looking forward to not working quite as hard um, so we could do more travel. Now that COVID, well, hopefully COVID's over. We'll see. I mean, we haven't traveled anywhere. Uh, normally every winter we go away to someplace warm, South America, Central America, or whatever. I'd like to take my wife to, to Europe and stuff, so we'll see. I want to travel. I can afford to travel. We're rebuilding our house, putting in a new kitchen. You know, now I could invest more time and money into making our lives better. Sure, sure. And, and ment what I want to do is mentor other farmers. That's what I'm working on now. I'm going to be taking, I have three students coming in November. We're interested in farming. So just spreading Passing on my, oh, my learned experience <laughs> and my half-baked wisdom and, um, and skills and pass it along. Well, you're doing that right now, so thanks. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. I'm glad you came by and uh, hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the visit. Absolutely. It's great to see everything you got going on here and it's always fun to 
fun to pick your brain on some of the nuanced things that you know you oh, might not even mention my my black garlic and mm. we're going to develop more of our online sales with that and hemp products online yeah. like we're I'm mail ordering joints <laughs> so it's awesome there you go <laughs> it's the future of farming <laughs> vermont joints like you said you don't even smoke it i don't i don't smoke i i, I don't i don't drink and good health is your best wealth that's what i that's what i would tell my 20 year old self mm. is um your best your only wealth is your health so take care of your health what do you think the biggest impact on health would be? Like, what what's the biggest thing you can do to stay healthy as a farmer who's um, always busy? Learn ergonomics. Learn how to lift correctly. Mm. Something what I was never taught. Protect your back. Learn how to lift correctly. Lift with your legs. Lift with your back straight. Don't lift with your back. Uh, learn how to stretch. Do yo I would tell my 20-year-old self to do the yoga. I would have been a yogini by now. Um, so yeah, yoga would be great. Anything that keeps your muscles and limbs stretched and active. I've always eaten well, so I, that was good. But learning how to move correctly and would be good. And take up tennis. <laughs> take up tennis, I would tell my 20-year-old self. Is that a hobby you do? No. No. <laughs> it's, it's a good physical activity that's one of the best conditioning things. And farmers, you know, we do work hard and then, you know, a lot of us get really strong, but that doesn't necessarily translate into overall uh, physical health and muscular health. Whereas um, an active sport uh, can really contribute to all around conditioning. So a lot of farmers don't pay attention to conditioning, and that's really important to get stay in, in good shape mental for mental reasons and for physical reasons. It's a physical lifestyle, so you got to keep you got to keep the chassis working and not rusting. It's it's real important. So that's something that we need to talk about more. Mm. The, the ergonomics on the farm. What. Uh what hobbies do you do off farm to to help your mental clarity? Or do you? <laughs> What's a hobby? <laughs> Farming is the hobby, right? <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, I, I love. I, I do have a lot of old. Ma I collect old farming magazines and periodicals <laughs> and, and books, and I, I love looking at them. And um, uh, I like art. I used to. I used to paint and draw and. Um, going to be getting back into doing uh, that kind of stuff so it, it's really important to have a creative creative outlet and um, my family's been my kids are great I, I, I didn't give them enough attention when I was starting the business the farm and the business is just so demanding mm. and um, it, you don't get those years back so I would tell my younger self to pay more attention to uh, to the kids it's hard because you're trying to grow the business that sustains your your lifestyle as well at the same time it, it is hard and and that's unfortunate byproduct of our capitalist system that demands you know you you work yourself to exhaustion to afford certain things and 
And one of the good things I see a lot of young farmers setting up is their lifestyle is going to be more sustainable. Maybe if they could make it work, it'll be admirable and it'll be work. I think I see a lot of people recognizing the fact that their family is like really important. So that's that's a good thing. That can't be stressed enough. Yeah, well that's, you know, you said it was a hard thing for you, that's a hard thing for, for farmers. So we stress, you know, too. when farmers get together, it's like production, production, production. That's yeah. all we talk about. Yeah. All the seminars are, you know, production. And look at this, you know, gee whiz machine. You can <laughs> increase by 12 percent, you know, your yields. And that's all we talk about. And and it, I guess that's natural and normal in any in any business. You know, you go to any convention for any trade or anything. Go to a plumbers convention. I'm sure they're not showing pictures of their families to each other. They're talking right. about plumbing or whatever, you know. So it, it's, it's normal, but it, it's good to be reminded and keep it and try to keep things in perspective. And vacations, I never took vacations, whichever. That's important. Traveling is important. The more I travel, the more I know. And I didn't know that, you know. Um, so it is important to get outside of yourself and to get outside of Vermont and to, uh, and I don't mean going to New Hampshire either. That, <laughs> that don't count. <laughs> New York? <laughs> yeah, way over to New York, you know. <laughs> I mean, up to Maine feels like a vacation. Going to Maine feels like another country. I just, was in, we were in Maine just several weeks ago, and it's great. We went to Monhagen Island, mm -hmm. and, and I went to visit Samuel Kamen up in uh, Walpole, Maine. And I, I got a lot of farming friends up there. I didn't make it to see Elliot this trip. Mm. Maybe next, hopefully, next trip. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I would tell my 20-year-old self, <laughs> and any 20-year-old who wants to get into it. Congratulations. Is there uh, anything else that you, you know, like to share for, or what you find would be important to share for new farmers, beginning farmers, or even even seasoned growers that may be listening? Um, you know, plan what you're going to do and. Do what you're going to plan. Make your word mean something. Treat treat everybody nicely. And treat your employees nicely. Treat your customers nicely. Treat everybody with respect. Be fair. Be honest. Be a nice person. And, and someday people might say, "That's a nice person." Someone once told me, "You want to be the type of person that even the undertaker's crying." <laughs> <laughs> so. It's yeah. a goal. I'm not there yet. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for letting me Let's interview you and follow you around Andy. your farm. Well, good luck. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Yeah, well, it's been fun. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If I can ask you or direct you to do one thing, that is to go to the website for this podcast, agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G. P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. There you'll find the show notes. You'll find links to the farmer who we chatted with today, as well as photos or videos uh, from the call when I visited the farm. If you've got some feedback to share, my contact information's on there, or you can leave me a voicemail. And you can do that right from the link in the description in the mobile app you're listening to this to. So go ahead and do that. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great day.